0: Sucks. And we're back with this movie sucks. What is going on, mother suckers? We are going to have a look at a fantabulous Christmas movie and our last movie in the nostalgic November. We have a look at Die Hard, but before then, who have we got? Oh, we got we got Bunny Defender and Heresy right here. We got AKA. Bunny Defender, a.k.a. Cedric Jameson, a.k.a. your mom's favorite Applebee's date. I suppose that would make me heresy, and it's summer here in Australia, and it's like 200 degrees. That's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. Even though we we don't use freedom units here. I was just going (laughs) to ask, do you even use Fahrenheit? (laughs) That's why they call me Mr. Celsius. <laughs> but uh yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna risk uh some trouble here. So this is Mrs. Harris's favorite movie. Uh oh, wait. she we've been given an official warning that if we score it under 90, there's gonna be some problems. Uh luckily she doesn't listen to the show, so Luckily she doesn't I'm... listen to me in general, but <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's, have no. a, let's have a bit of a look at what's on the back of Die Hard. We've got a New York City police officer tries to save his estranged wife and several other taken hostages hostages uh, by terrorists during a Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. But before we get to the actual movie and talking about what makes this movie fantastic, because my wife is listening, we have CJ's cinema classics. What have, you, what have we got to pick for this week?
1: All right, so my pick...
0: This week, we're jumping back to
1: movies because
2: <laughs> we movies the show,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, a little bonus, little review, little recommendation, and then we haven't covered an actual movie since the first week. <laughs> Wait for <but> next week,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: this was actually a recommendation. So, for those who don't know, I was down South Carolina for vacation hanging out with Dulcibel and ADH Druids, and while we we're down there, we watched a couple movies. One of them was a recommendation from A.H. Druids, and it is a South Korean film, The Man From Nowhere. Ooh. And I don't know if you've heard of this movie. I had not heard of this movie. But basically, it's Korean John Wick. And I want to tell you, everybody who's involved with it, but I also, out of respect, don't want to just try butchering all these names. Uh, all Korean cast besides one guy who speaks of two lines of English and then
0: English. Yeah. I
1: started there so bad. Two lines of English. (laughs) English. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, basically there's this guy who used to be like an operative and he's living in this, uh, this apartment building running a thrift shop or a pawn shop. Or if you're in Australia,
0: an op shop.
1: We'll get to that later. What?
2: <laughs>
1: and there's a single mom and daughter who lives across from him. He develops a kind of a friendship, pseudo-father relationship with the little girl. And these gangsters kidnap her. Ooh. Which to uh to quote John Wick, the movie that I think was really inspired by this, he's thinking he's back. And he goes on a mission to find the girl and return her home safe. And God damn, is it a
0: fantastic movie! See, you're, it's it's worth reading. I, like, I, I'm already up to like but, you're you're mentioning John Wick. I was like, this this just sounds like Taken. Oh, well,
1: I guess it does sound like Taken. <laughs> So, bear,
0: bear so like, we we can figure this one out. Does he have a very specific set of skills? It would seem that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but here is the thing. Hold on. Pause. Pause. He's a uh, he's a handsome, depressed guy with swoopy dark hair and a all black suit that he kicks ass in, and he does a lot a lot of like actual like like close quarters martial arts so Hmm. like more john wick than taken okay so like stylized john wick kind of thing yeah dude the choreography in this oh man so exciting and like like the uh the foley artist whoever they were fucking spot on because like the punches and the kicks like they sound like your brain doesn't register it as a sound effect yeah like there's a lot of thuds and contact where you're wincing yeah because it's just like ooh uh oh no and then uh on top of all that it's the cinematography of it is just gorgeous like there's emotional moments where you'll see the actual hue of the scene change like the color grading and all that like change within uh within one scene stylistically to you know invoke different emotions it was it was well written, incredibly well acted and produced, and the fight scenes were super exciting. It's just all around recommendation if you're looking for that kind of John Wick brutality
0: with a with a great story. Hmm. I yeah. I, I'm, from I'm in for it. The man from nowhere. Yeah. I'm gonna be yeah. in on this. Cause I uh, I'm a massive intaker of martial arts film. I think you'll be I think you'll be quite pleased. I'm in.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I got for that one.
0: So we got we got a real we got a real one. <laughs> that is I think the hardest part about doing like these uh these short recommendations. It's you don't want to give too much away but you want to <laughs> you want people to watch it like <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it
1: it was it was a ton of fun like like obviously there's a different uh there's a different experience watching a movie on your own as than there yeah. is with friends because like when there's a big hit in a fight, you're like looking at your buddies like oh shit, like da da da. But uh
0: we well, I do we to you, you if you don't get on your side of the couch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like we cu- we were falling asleep a little bit because you you know, we had just flown in that day and we were all really tired it was like two in the morning yeah i'm like i'm like i can't pause we can't pause we can't pause and then uh uh druids had fallen asleep and dulcie was like how much more how much is left i was like about an hour And he goes let's go to bed finish this tomorrow and i'm so glad we did we backed it up a little bit yeah. you know to where druids had fallen asleep and then watched from there and it was just so good such a good movie. Highly recommend. I watched it again since then. Actually, <laughs> oh really?
0: <laughs> I Watched it twice. <laughs> oh shit! Well, if it's that good, we uh we might have to do like a, a martial art month. Oh, there are yeah. so many amazing martial arts films. Martial art May done. Lock it in. Boom. Get a
1: little crouching tiger in there. Ooh. Get a little. Get a little. Enter the dragon hero. Sure, I don't know that one. Oh, you'll but, love uh, it. It's oh. Do you remember that one uh, with with Jackie Chan, Jet Li, and the kid from Sky High? I think it's like, um, uh, Forbidden Kingdom or something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where,
2: yeah. yeah, is it Forbidden Kingdom? I think Jet
1: Li's like, uh, the the the, the Monkey King. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Like his Journey to the West, a little bit. Yeah, and he's and I Jackie Chan's really the like drunken
0: it. master. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was good. He's just doing Jackie Chan
1: month, to be honest. Oh, that'd
0: I'm be Jackie so Chan. easy to do
1: yeah dude's been in like 400 movies
0: yeah. <laughs> this year he's broken yeah. a bone
1: in every single one <laughs>
0: yeah. i think yeah he's broken just about every single bone he actually actually has had to have like yeah.
1: then you see the behind the scenes where like like there's one movie i forget what it is it, it was a chinese movie where he he like jumps off the ledge in a mall you know, like, mm-hmm. like the kind of, uh, the thing we all think
0: about doing when we look over like, uh, uh, Oh,
1: but he like jokes leaps on leaps you. I'm
0: terrified of heights. I'm not even going upstairs at the mall,
1: <laughs>
0: let alone looking over the <laughs> fucking terrace of it. He's like, I think
1: five or six floors up and he leaps off the edge, grabs onto a pole and crashes through lights on the way down here. Yes. He like, Yeah. Yeah. Makes of it. Yep. And at the end they're k- literally carrying him off in the stretcher. It's like, how are you gonna do the rest of the movie, Jackie? <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll be back tomorrow.
1: <laughs> could we even fit we could fit Rogue One in there too with Donnie Yen? Ooh, if we're opening up
0: Donnie Yen, we've got to do the Ip Man movies. Because I haven't seen those, so we definitely oh, have to. They are fantastic. Like it starts to taper off a bit because like it's an actual like it's based on Ip Man, who was Bruce Lee's um martial arts instructor. Like, the guy right. that taught him all that. Um, and, like, the first movie is, like, actually his life. The second movie, little bit more of his actual life and, like, coming into, like, meeting Bruce and shit. But then, like, three and four and then, like, Legend of. It's like, no, this is just loosely based on uh, <laughs> on man. <Japan. laughs> this
1: motherfucker didn't do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It just, but like a really, really great series. So, like, it tapers off at the end, but the first two are fantastic. Yeah. And speaking of which, I think that's a fantastic segue back into Die Hard. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're right. You're. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, give us the lowdown. What's Die Hard all up like?
0: All right, so we we've oh, had geez. a we had that little bit of a, a breakdown of, of what actually happens. Now, let's start off with a, a few things. So, it was released in 1988 uh bud- budget this the budget the box office numbers were really weird um it didn't give me an exact amount it's like between this and this for both numbers and it's not inflation i i I don't know what hmm. the what the thing is there so the budget is between twenty five and thirty five million and the box office taking is between hundred and thirty nine point eight million hundred and forty one point five million It's weird that you-
1: they don't have exact numbers for that. Yeah,
0: I thought so too. And like, I went around and had a look at a few things, and then like, there's other numbers out there, like other stats, but they're all inside of this, and none of them are the same. Huh. yeah. So even if we if we look at its lowest numbers, twenty five million dollar budget, and then it made a hundred and thirty nine million in the box office in nineteen eighty eight.
1: Which is on it that's a huge number yeah. for eighty eight but it's honestly lower than I would have expected, but that's probably because of the r rating like I'm thinking yeah. of other things that would have come out before or around then in r rated movies until very recently you're the like, even now actually yeah. until very recently you're you're taking a hit by making an r rated movie box office wise
0: yeah it just instantly cuts off who could actually get into the theater to see it. Right. And now people don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, I'll take my, you know,
1: 11 year old to see Joker. You know, I'm sure this won't fuck them up.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Passion of the Christ, you fucksticks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll just take fucking nine year olds in to see this shit. (laughs) Fucking brilliant idea. As if the book wasn't fucking (laughs) bad enough. Jesus Christ. Like, Jesus Christ was actually the fucking movie. Like, what a stupid idea. But yes, no, fucking R rated it, it does cut off that level unless you're <laughs> fucking idiots. Oh man. So there's a uh, uh, heresy's tirade number one. <laughs> I'm still hopped up from last episode where we did Back to the Future and ruined everybody's childhood. Oh I still haven't listened to the episode. Like
1: I <laughs> actually recording the episode was enough childhood ruining for me.
2: Like...
0: Yeah. And then I spent another three hours like doing editing and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, we had that conversation,"
2: <laughs>
0: which is fine because I, I fucking hated that movie anyway. So it didn't. Yeah, uh, there was like the only part that sucked was you know seeing the light in CJ's eyes die as we were talking about <laughs> it. It's funny how we've gotten
1: like similar feedback from the people we talked to one on one, where it's like that sucked to hear, but it was a conversation that needed to happen. Had to and i hate that i agree with it but back to die hard 25, <laughs> 25 at the low end yeah. 25 million dollar budget that's a lot like that's yeah. more than any of the star wars films i'm pretty sure and, and
0: you've also got to look at like bruce willis was looked at as a tv actor to start like back right. then like he wasn't he wasn't fucking bruce willis he wasn't even bruno then like he was <laughs> <laughs> like it was just fucking yeah, it was, yeah, Bruce, I'm trying like to was
1: think, a TV like, guy. $25 million. Like, you don't have huge actors in it right now because Reginald Vel, Vel Johnson, mm-hmm. he's not huge yet. And he's he's also more of a TV guy. Mm-hmm. He ends up doing Family Matters after this.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the, then the biggest guy at the time that was in the movie was fucking Alan Rickman.
1: Yeah. And even he didn't he wasn't, have like.
0: A, yeah, he wasn't like fucking giant. He status wasn't yet. Alan
1: Rickman. Yeah. You know, like.
0: He like, wasn't the dickless so, angel yet.
1: <laughs> so like who who was the writer and director or writers and director?
0: It was definitely a couple.
1: Uh oh, directed by Mark uh, by John McTierman
0: Yeah. He's the he's given the main credit on just about everywhere.
1: The screenplay by Jeb Stewart and yep. Stephen E. Souza.
0: Yeah. And it was uh based off the 1979 uh novel Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. Mm. which there was a, there's actually a massive difference between the movie and the book. Like this is not an adaptation,
1: really. Yeah,
0: like there's <clears throat> they've taken maybe two things from the book and put it in the movie.
1: <laughs> That's probably where they had to change the title.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing so because like in the book um it's a it's an actually retired police officer going to visit his daughter uh at a Christmas party. And even al he's not the uh he's not the older guy that's you know getting close to retirement. he is a twenty two year old sergeant beat cop who's just <laughs> kind of sent in yeah like it was it was massive like even like huh. it, not even like John McClane isn't his name. it's like fucking planet or something stupid so how can this be adapted from this book if nothing's the same? Is it
1: just a tower and terrorists take over the tower?
0: I think it's legitimately a retired cop goes to see a female lead uh, at Christmas party, and there is a guy named Gruber. Oh, okay, that's that's about it. Like even even the names from the book were changed. Like there is only a, a handful of them that stays stayed there. To be fair, there really is only a handful of like actual named characters in the movie. That's true.
1: That's funny that like it's. <laughs> When you put them next to each other, nothing lasts forever. Is such a poetic, like, that's a real <laughs> novel name. And then the movie guys got
0: it, like, not butch enough. Die, die. hard. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just call cool it die. No, it's not hard enough. Die hard. Fuck yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think you make a good point with uh, Bruce Willis being the star, because, like, they reference other action movies yeah. in this they mentioned Rambo and and the others, but like up until then, you had hunks, yeah, like playing the action leads. You had Dolph Lundgren, Jean Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, Sylvester Stallone, yeah, Arnie Schwartz, little Arnie Schwartz action. Uh, and he gets referenced a couple of times actually, <laughs> but you had these huge hulking guys. And then in this one, one of the most remembered ones, you have. Bruce Willis, who's not out of shape, he's an in shape guy, but he looks like a normal guy. He actually looks like like a retired cop. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's that's so funny because like I watched a documentary on this um, where they were saying that the studio originally like pushed back against Bruce Willis
0: being cast
1: because they were like Moonlight, no.
0: You know they um they went for for old Sly and Arnie and both of them knocked back the script, which is funny because they mentioned Rambo yep. and Arnold Schwarzenegger by name. Let's 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 call it. Let's do this though. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the eighties, do you see a guy his size fitting into the air vents? No, like that's that's even, not happening.
1: Even uh Sylvester Stallone,
0: yeah, like,
1: like who was smaller than Arnold because yeah. Arnold. Had, was still Mr. Olympia, yeah. Size at that point, like, like no way.
0: These guys were jacked, jacked. Yeah, like there's no way. Like I one, yeah. Like Sly isn't fitting into that, but just trying to imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> trying to crawl through the vents with a lighter, saying, <laughs> "Good l.a you have a good time." <laughs> <laughs> LA. Have <laughs> a good time. <laughs> <laughs> you pick your head, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't say it, but I really want to.
1: <laughs> Just that like not only does he fit in the vent, but he literally reaches into his pocket and like moves his arm up yeah. like, in front of his face. Like he's doing a lot of movement in that vent, too. There's no way. No way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like even at the end, like so. We we get used to like, you know, bodybuilder physique and stuff like that. Like there and a lot of uh a lot of wrestlers and like, you know, powerlifters and stuff, essentially they all made the comments that, you know, there's just places on their body they can't reach. Like some of them yeah. can't wipe their own ass from fucking the back, like <laughs> the way like from fucking back to front. Like Arnold like and there's one particular scene right at the end where McLean's taped a gun to his back to hide it. Yeah. I don't think Arnie is reaching that. No, I think, like cuz so he had that pretty far down exactly. you like put the sword like handle
1: on it. Yeah. Put the sword handle on the back. I can I can
0: get the gun if there's a sword handle on it. Had <laughs> <laughs> it behind my glutes. That's a fucking terrible artist.
1: Yeah, I wasn't going to say it. But cuz you just so like it's so funny to me when Arnold is just playing like regular dudes. It's yeah. like when uh Jean Claude Van Damme played like the American general in Street Fighter. Yeah. Can you imagine a scene there like I'm a cop? I'm from New York. I'm just a New York cop. I got a pile of pile of New York
0: scumbags. <laughs> it's fucking
1: I I'm I like that you you mentioned the gun being taped to his back mm. because uh you know in in most action movies in the 80s and stuff, or most action movies, when you think action movies, the dude's pretty much a superhero, right? Yeah. He's yeah. pretty much indestructible. Uh, and you're not looking for his wits or anything. He's just going to blow up the other guys better yeah. than they blow up him.
0: He's going to Kool-Aid man through the fucking wall and just shoot everybody like that. Yeah. And how many times have we actually seen that scene? Oh, like, somebody, like, bursting or exploding through a door or a wall. Yeah. And just, like... Exactly. Like, Rambo. You literally say to Rambo, a like, gun in each arm. And he's just standing there, and there's, like, shells flying everywhere. Not John McClane, though. Not John McClane. John McClane is
1: is resourceful, but in a believable way. Yeah. Like, like, obviously, there's some suspension of disbelief. It is an action movie. It is, yeah. None of this shit would ever happen. Cool. We've gotten that out of the way now to the smart right. We see John McClane break down over the movie and like, it actually affects how he has to go out. He gets hurt. He gets injured and he has to compensate for that with his head. Like, I don't know if there's a movie before this where an action hero has to do that. No, no. we've seen him after, but like before this, I'm not sure. And like, everything's written in, in a way where like, the whole reason why he's barefoot, right, is because that yeah. one guy said that one thing to him, and he he yeah. tries it out, you know, and yeah. then shit hits the fan while he's barefoot, rubbing yeah. his his you know toes against the rug, make fist with like, your toes, to yeah. make fist with your toes, and he just has to react. He doesn't have mm-hmm. time to throw shoes on. He tries to get shoes later because that's what a normal person would do, yeah. and he just can't kill a guy who's got the same size shoe as <laughs> Um, and not only is he just running around barefoot, which is like, haha, ha, they make a couple of jokes, but it comes into play when yeah. he's fighting with Hans and the henchmen, and they're shooting out the glass, so he has yeah. to step on
0: it, and they figure and out that he's got no shoes, and like, you know, it's right. it's a, it's it's a it's a plot point, like it is, yeah. and then they follow the blood trail, um, that happens a few times, uh, also down to the point where like. He just can't walk on his feet anymore, like there is a few a few inches where he's just dragging himself just because he's feet that cut up, hmm and that like yeah. you feel that like and like I think what you've been saying before like hundred percent like he's he's no typical superhero, like he's not overpowered. He is that believable everyday hero, like yeah, sure he's a cop, but like you know he jumped out into like he's just got to do what he's got to do.
2: Yeah, and
0: exactly. All to save like his estranged wife, right?
1: And like he's he's definitely trying to save everybody there. Yeah, and which
0: he does a pretty good job. He like, gets as close only, as anybody could.
1: Yeah, like the 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 first guy, the the big boss, the leader of the yep. the company. He unfortunately bites, but That's after that, the only person, on, yeah. That's super early on, and then the only person that dies is somebody who basically gets themselves killed.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's the dickhead you don't like anyway
0: Hells. who yeah. decided to
1: like. He's sitting in a hostage hostage situation doing coke, it's like cool. And like we didn't need him anymore the, anyway. <laughs> and like the
0: first thirty seconds, you find him in the movie, you don't fucking want him to survive anyway. But like, you're kind of hoping that maybe McLean takes this guy out. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's the way we're
1: introduced to him, he's literally like not forcing himself, but like very forcefully trying to, yeah, bend the will of this woman to go out with him when she's clearly not interested and has told him many a time not interested. And he's still like, maybe tonight, maybe don't go home to your kids and maybe we go out. Like, yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like he's such a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. But like, also, I I do like that. I hard, we're we're
1: talking in like we're we just jumped into the middle of the the yeah synops- not synopsis but like discussion of Die Hard.
0: I think everybody seen Die Hard, right? Well, like, not only that. Let's let's be completely honest. This is like one of the pinnacle action movies. Mm-hmm there there isn't a great deal of story here there's not a massive line of plot there's a handful of characters, even less of them have names. This is all very mostly about the action of the film uh this isn't one of those things that you sit back story wise to kind of really soak in well there's a few things mm. that end up cool, but this is it's one of the It's kind of like the joke with, like, the rock movies. Like, you watch them for the explosions.
1: I I wouldn't even say this falls into that category,
0: because... Do reckon?
1: No, I I think it's smarter than that. Uh, It's well done. But I think... I think it's got just enough of the plot. It doesn't, like, try to be over plot heavy. But when you pay attention to the inner workings of it... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, everything waves and rolls and weaves into the next thing. Which... A lot of the action movies, like like we're used to, don't do that, uh, because everybody thinks they're just terrorists, right? Yeah. yeah. But like Hans is like, yeah, oh, we're not. Actually. It, yeah. We're they're they're a heist crew. They're not even terrorists. They're they're thieves. They're a heist, yeah. and they play that, you know. And then um, they're always one step ahead because they're smart, you know. Like like it, if anything, it's a heist movie, um, mm. but. The, uh, like, you you have things written in there that move the plot that just, it's almost like a self reference thing. Like, like these plot points keep coming back in natural ways to progress. Like, uh, one of my favorite ones is when Hans is talking to John and, you know, making fun of him because, you know, he likes Marshall Dillon and, which, you know, is from Gunsmoke. Like, and he says, Oh, I was, I was always more into Roy Rogers. And then when he's talking to uh, Reginald Val Johnson, Al yeah. and Al asked for his name, he's like, Oh, it's Roy. Like, like just little yeah. things like that. So like now he's referring to him as the cowboy name and like Hans is, you know, oh, yeah, the continuity is, is incredible through the film. It's so well written. That's like, the thing. It's
2: really it's well so written.
1: So well written. I don't think people remember how well written it is and how, uh, How plausible it is. I think because the explosions are so good.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's like I think that's been part of the allure and why it did so well is we don't notice a lot of the callbacks in the film to itself. Mm. But everything, like it it just everything kind of feels wrapped up in itself. Like you you believe the story, it's a fairly simple story, which is fine, it doesn't have to be complex. And the explosions.
1: Yeah. what i was fishing for earlier when i was having a brain fart uh like it could have been just the heist movie yeah and then he's trying to take down the bad guys it could have just been that but then the layering and the complexity of the story gets worked out while it's happening because things keep going wrong for uh the thieves the the group here and also things are going wrong for john and also while it could have just been you know business there he's messing with their business type deal the first person he kills happens to be one of the lead guy's brothers which makes yeah. a personal arc like all of a sudden there's a vendetta here and it's it's mucking up their plan because this guy's going off the rails yeah. a little bit and like it's all believable
0: yeah. like yeah
1: like well not like the whole
0: situation is
1: believable but like the story itself the way it takes turns is believable
0: yeah, Yeah, and so I think you I think you hit it with um, you know, it, it very easily could have been just explosions and then the only story be just another arc until another explosion. And uh, especially mm-hmm. in the eighties, like this could have legitimately just been another fucking Rambo, another Predator. Like, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with Rambo or Predator, but they're very, very top level. Boom movies. Yeah. Like it just, yeah, go and shoot the thing.
1: Predator is a great example because uh, I watched Predator for the first time this year. Yeah. And I loved it. But I was like, oh, so this really was just like an excuse to have Arnold Schwarzenegger punch an alien guy. Yep. Like that's the whole movie. That's the whole Fantastic. movie. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Like <laughs> I don't need more than that from that movie. Yeah. But this Die Hard is kind of surprising with how much it gives you. Like It doesn't feel like an over two hour
2: movie. No, it doesn't.
0: I was just letting the squeaks get out so it wasn't over talking.
1: <laughs> uh, another thing that I
0: really like is uh,
1: the, the characterization of John. And how he already feels like like a a a full character. Yeah, we learn little things about him along the way, but one of the most telling things is when he sees his wife, and she's kind of shocked, and they're having like pleasant small talk, and then it ends up being a marriage fight. Yeah, which you know you're married now. I used to be married. We know how that goes. Oh yeah. And then she leaves, and then he he talks to himself, which I'm sure is from like long patrols and whatever and being alone and all that, but he's already at himself. Yeah. Like real mature. Like like you messed up. He's already taking responsibility for yeah. it. Which is kind of refreshing actually, especially in the 80s.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> but not only that, like it also already kind of gives that a little bit more of an in-depth of what he was doing there. Like he was there to essentially try and rekindle that relationship. So like he's mm. beating he's beating himself up over that conversation just for like you you're an idiot this isn't what you came for this is the complete opposite right. of what you wanted to happen,
1: and he, uh, a real subtle thing which I liked a lot too, uh, like you said he's there to rekindle that's his plan
0: yeah, but there's a
1: real smooth thing that he does where. Um, she asked where he's staying and he's like, Oh, like this buddy retired. I can bunk with him. And she's like, Oh, he's in this town. That's so far away. You'll spend most of the time out here in the car. Why don't you, you know, stay in the guest room or whatever. He told his limo driver literally five minutes ago that he, he was hoping it worked out with her. And she, and he said, okay, well, if it doesn't, I'll be down here to take you and I'll find you a hotel room. And, And he agrees to that. There's no buddy. Yeah, There's nobody that he's going
0: to stay with. <laughs> it's just that, yeah, that that pure 80s male pride of he doesn't want to just say, oh, I'm going to stay with you or right. that kind of thing. It's like he wants the invitation. He wants to know that he's welcome there instead of being that burden of, oh, I thought I could just stay on the couch or the actual plan. I thought we'd get back into that marital bed, but it, it was, yeah.
1: It's so funny that, uh, or not funny, but like, it's so relatable that he still needs the invitation. Yeah. Because she invited him out. She invited him to the party. She invited him to Christmas. She set up the limo. She set up the flight. She set up everything and was hoping he would take it. She even says, oh, I I was so hoping you made the flight.
0: Yeah. Like getting heard from them. And she rings the housekeeper. So, you know, have you heard from Mr. McLean yet? Or right. anything like that. Maybe he just didn't have time to ring before he got on the plane. Like, yeah. like there's the that wanting from both sides just not knowing how to come together. And it seems like they both still have yeah. those walls, even though mm-hmm. everything's kinda out in the open. It's just two stubborn idiots kind of thing.
1: And even on that though, she's she's the one who's right. Unfortunately.
0: Hey, they, hey they, we, 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 we don't admit here. that. I'm still married. Never admit that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that that actually goes to to the next point of how refreshing it is to in a yep. movie in the eighties mm-hmm. where he's like, She heard me say, you know, I love you a thousand times. She never heard me say I'm sorry. I yeah. should have been more supportive of her. I should have been there for her and like all that. And literally talking about the hard decision she had to make that might have ended their marriage, but she had to do because it was the best move. Yeah. And he just didn't want to. Yeah. Like his excuse for not moving with her was like, Oh, I got these caseloads. Yeah. And it's like, you just didn't want change, bud. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> you didn't want change. And like, I think we can kind of deduce fairly simply that he probably wouldn't have been able to admit that that what was stopping him. He couldn't right. do the change. And, that probably led to fight after fight after fight, which would have led to her just leaving.
1: It literally took being beat to hell by German terrorists for him to admit that uh <laughs> that he missed her. Yeah. And yeah.
0: here's the thing like men will do anything but go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he had to get his ass kicked by Snape and Co. before he would admit it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, speaking of Hans Gruber. Yes how what is your opinion on how he's characterized like like what's your just general feel of him as basically a not a super villain but a villain
0: i i like the mix of believable and bad but not evil mm. like it would it's really really easy to make an evil villain it's not as simple to make somebody that's bad and relatable like you come out of this movie and i don't know about you but like you come out of this movie with like the kind of person like that he's portrayed as i wouldn't have minded almost an origin story of how he came into being like mm. what led him to like this specific path
1: right because th- they do mention
0: that he was like in a he was in a radical group for mm. a
1: while like a political group yeah so like what kind of changed him where he didn't believe in, in the cause anymore. And now he's just out to get rich and disappear.
0: Yeah. Or was he kind of a avenues there? Like, you know, was he just using that um, to kind of make the connections, like using the group to make connections, to do the heist, which you know, might've been the plan all along. Was he kind of swept into it? Um, you know, unbeknownst to him where he didn't really want to, but that's kind of where life led. And he found his way out, or I think, yeah, there, I reckon there could be some really interesting points with how he became.
1: Yeah, it, it, I agree, especially with the diverse group that he was able to pull together. Yeah, hmm. the the majority are German. Yeah, but like there's a couple thugs in there. There's a couple, you know, learned men, yeah. like like this right hand man. Then you had there's was, there's was an Asian guy, at least two, one Asian guy. I think there might have been two, but and then you had uh, Clarence Gilliard. Yeah. Second time we're talking about him this month. Yeah. Uh, because he was in Top Gun. It he was yeah. he's African American, you know, like just there to do the computer
0: with stuff. Yeah. And
1: I love whenever he's in anything. So
0: <laughs> he's great. Like, he's, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't say like he's the most like prolific of actors, but every character that he kind of gets a hold of, he does so well. Yeah. Like he's just believable, yeah. believable actor. Which I think is probably yeah. one of like the biggest compliments you probably could give an actor.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I would think so. Uh, Especially in this where like, he's silly and goofy, but not a cartoon. Yeah. And he's a computer hacker. Yeah. Like, like that goes hand in hand. He's a nerd. Yeah. He's a nerd and he's goofy. Like that's believable. And like, he's, you know, the, the, the type of guy who thinks he's smarter than everybody in that room. Anyway, Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to be making jokes like this as he's like looking out the window and like, they're almost losing almost this, almost that, you know, it's, it's, he does a good job at what he does, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of the, not extras, but supporting cast did a really good job with that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Which to be fair, like is the vast majority of the film, like of the cast, like, We have obviously we have John, we have Al, and we have Hans. Like they're kind of like the three kind of big ones going back and forward, carrying a lot of the weight of the film. Um, Like there's definitely like segments of of other supporting actors and actresses, and that's that's fine. But like they're the three big ones that you always kind of that's what we're driving off of. Right. Like it's not a Uh cast heavy film.
1: No, and it's kind of like this, uh...
0: This Not what cost away, but yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> it's this triangle that are linked with the walkie-talkies. Mm. Yeah. You have, uh, you know, John and Hans, like, with this very well-written mm. banter back and forth. And then, uh, you have, you know, Al and John with this more intimate, but still very well-written conversation. Yeah. That just works well. And then every so often John pops into Alan John. Or no, Hans pops into Alan John and is like, I'm yep. still fucking here. But, <laughs> but have like just just using that as a plot device is mm. so cool to me because it allows you to have that uh that scene later where on on the news, which was a really cool foreshadowing moment, a quick foreshadowing because that happens right after, they have the the hostage uh guy okay, there. Yeah, yeah, Uh well, no, the the hostage expert who wrote the book and he's saying oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. through yep. this syndrome where the hostage and the hostage taker almost form this sort of bond of yep. familiar familiarity. Uh and then immediately Hans and John meet for the first time, mm. but John doesn't realize it at first. And Hans puts on the American accent and they almost have like a rapport and you can see this Alan Rickman's such a brilliant actor because you can see this almost like second guessing of what he's about to do. Like you can see this familiarity this this kinship between them briefly as he's sizing him up and there's a respect there. Yeah, like he respects John right up until. Like, he goes to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you know, it's it's just a cool scene that you couldn't have had if our heroes knew, or if our main people knew what each other looked like.
2: Yeah.
0: But, yeah, it was just done in a really, really great way. I think, yeah. I think you you covered that, that 100% on the button. It just They had fantastic relationships going back and forth in those series and pushing the character development, which... We don't see a lot in action movies to start with, but then to be able to continue it in, like, through the movie instead of just the introduction. Mm. Like, let's be honest now, like, a good 90% of action films, like, at the beginning, they introduce the characters, and then it's explosions for the next 90 minutes. (laughs) And then right at the end, somebody's kissing somebody. Like, that's that's your action movie. But, like, they managed to, like... Because they didn't introduce Al until a third probably around the second act, like it was a third of the way through yeah, the movie probably. he it was a while before he came into yeah, it yeah it was
1: it was in it was in the middle uh like at the start of the middle portion
0: because like, yeah, yeah, the
1: yeah. initial setup was the tower getting taken over and John getting yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. other people to help yep and he was the result of that call,
0: yeah and like the fact that they could bring him in but then make him like a character that actually kind yeah. of you did like you enjoyed like having him back in kind of thing and right at the end like you mm-hmm. know obviously after they built up all these relationships right at the end like yeah you got your buddy moment like that's that was the yeah. payoff we were after like it wasn't so much like you know the mclean's getting back together like, no you wanted to see John and now <laughs> <laughs> he's such
1: a good character too. Oh, just yeah. because like like he handles himself you know, when he has to. And yeah. then if he's not there, more people die. Yeah. Like he saved so many lives from being the guy organizing what was going on.
0: Yeah. Uh, and they even having to like not second noticed. guess and like sometimes even overrule like su- superior officers, like when they came in to, try to take and, uh, over. Deputy dickhead. Yeah. Deputy dickhead. Yeah. And but, he, yeah. Like he followed all this. He was just, like, supposed deputy. to, but then like, he was like, yeah, no, we, we actually have to do this. Like,
1: yeah, that that marshal guy, or sheriff, <laughs> he was deputy sheriff, right? Uh, Something like that. It's deputy dickhead from here on out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was one of the few I felt just didn't feel believable. It felt like he stonewalled and, like, just didn't listen, like, at all. Like, like didn't even think. Like, just decided that there was no real threat he was going to go yeah. in. And, and, you know,
0: he, he and got was people almost- hurt. It was almost like, why do I dislike you more than the main villain in this film? Right. And that that's a weird feeling.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, even, even Hans, like, the only weird thing with Hans and his characterization is there's two times where he didn't have to murder someone and he just does. Yeah. Uh, which kind of, I feel like, almost cheapens him a little bit because everywhere else he's just getting what he wants and even when the cops are showing up and he's got them dead to rice, he's yeah. like only wound them
0: yeah only wound was well, they i uh, think i i actually thought a very similar thing when we were rewatching it um i think like it was just one of those plain out in the open things of okay you people might be getting too attached to him as a character we got to remind them that he's the bad guy yeah, uh, and that's that's the only reason I can see for that happening. To be quite frank, when it did, that it had to remind you that they're not going to be friends at the end of the movie. Like this is still the bad guy.
1: Yeah, but even at the end of the movie, I like. I'm glad you said that because there was like that that almost like callback scene. Like like we said, this this movie really weaves yeah. and references itself a lot. Um, there's that the at the end when Hans is holding Holly hostage. Uh, he makes a joke. He's like, what did you say before? yippee ki motherfucker. And, like, they all laugh. Yeah. Like, Holly doesn't. But they all do, and it feels genuine. Like, it's like, yeah, we know not one of us isn't coming out of here. Yeah. But here's this moment. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> which is, I, I always find pretty interesting when there's almost like a respect moment, but, like, yeah. now, unfortunately, my goal... Is being impeded by you, so yep. you have to. You can't be here anymore. No, and uh, I just Hans Gruber is definitely a top tier. Oh yeah, movie villain.
0: Like, and maybe I, he's listed. Like he's listed in a lot of like top movie villains, uh, mm. things, and it's like, pretty easy to say why. And honestly, I think a lot of that had to do with uh, well, obviously, won the writing, but Alan Rickman. He's just fucking fantastic. Like yeah. he, li- like he made that a very, very believable and almost likable character. Yeah,
1: and Absolutely.
0: I think that's like- the that's the thing. You humanize if you can humanize these characters, um, which I think everybody in the movie, almost everybody in the movie, did a fantastic job of. Like you want Alan to get back to his pregnant wife. You want John and Holly to kind of get back to the kids and you know back with each other yeah. and. You almost want Hans to get away with the money too. Like it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things like every character, almost every character in there is just, it's a believable human being. Like you, you feel like there is a story after they get home out of here.
1: Yeah. And it actually, it actually sucks a little bit. Cause like people talk about the MCU doing this where their villains make a lot of sense. Yeah. And then they have them kill someone innocent just to remind you that they're a bad guy, like yeah. kind of like you were talking about specifically with Hans. Yeah, and that feels like the beginning of Die Hard because mm-hmm. he's saying, "You have six hundred and fifty million dollars in this building, that is ten days operating cost for your parent company. Yeah. You will recruit this, recruit recoup this. This is a temporary setback. It's
0: mm-hmm. the equivalent like, of us losing oh, yeah. a wallet.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, exactly. And and now you're like." Okay, because at this point they haven't killed anybody. Yeah. And they've decided they don't need Mr. Uh, what his name was the boss there. And he just shoots some point blank in the head mm-hmm. for no reason. Yep. Because it was, it was the rest bad. of his plan like goes forward with or without him being alive or dead. Mm-hmm. So it's was basically just to remind you he's the bad
0: guy. Yeah. That's all that had to happen. Like I'm pretty sure we got yeah. he was the bad guy because they came in with guns and tied everybody up. Like it's right. <laughs> like uh, audiences don't need to be spoon fed that much, right? But right. I don't know. It's 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 almost like
1: Rickman's performance was <laughs> too good for what the writing. Did. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know it would have been uh, interesting to see this with a slightly adjusted cast. Well, it's funny Just, we're going to play that game later. We are, <laughs> and I mean, that's actually a great tie-in for what the what the setup's going to be. Um, speaking of, oh boy, what? How do you reckon? What do you think critics thought of Die Hard when it was first released? I'm going to guess critics
1: like Ro- Roger and Ebert, or Roger Ebert. Is it Roger and Ebert or Roger and Ebert? Uh, Roger. I don't Roger. Know. Roger. Uh, I'm guessing they probably gave it two out of four stars. Like, it probably wasn't that well received by legitimate critics, but like, audience probably saved it.
0: So, here's the thing there's a little controversy around Die Hard uh, because critics, the vast majority of critics, bombed this film. Mm-hmm. Hated it. They put out you know, article after article about how shallow it was or just. The actors were lacking in character, that kind of thing. Um, until it became a commercial hit, as the size of it did, and then it was readjusted to be a critical success, and then was nominated and received. Uh, yeah, nominated for four Academy Awards that year.
1: I mean, deserved. But deserved, it's so but- funny, yeah. When the when the movie-going audience. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, fuck you! <laughs> and then the critics show their asses. Yeah, unfortunately, it's something we're still dealing with. Oh yeah, um, because not there, just to be honest. Like, there's there's a uh, lot of
0: paychecks behind some critics, right? Yeah. Not just from like the
1: uh, the people we've talked about before, like the the joke that is the title of this podcast, like the the TikToks and Instagram yeah. people like reviewing movies uh, for you know nerd sites and stuff. But for legitimately paid, like, and hired critics, yeah, like, there's still the like, this is cinema, this isn't, yeah. Like, that's why comedy gets snubbed, that's why animation gets snubbed, that's why anything that's not like an indie darling or Mm -hmm. you know, Oscar Beatty, yeah, which you know, films nobody goes to see, uh, get all these awards, and then people are going, Mm -hmm. I've never heard of that movie, and it just got nominated for Best Picture.
0: Yeah. Like, what happened there? Exactly. Uh, and it's like yeah. all these, like, art house films that have, like, massive, massive actors. Like, uh, what was that fucking, that Johnny Depp Neverland movie, whatever that was. It was fucking terrible. Like, that that didn't need to. Uh, like, yeah, I can't remember. It was Neverland something or, like, Elephants. Something with elephants. And then fucking, like, that Way of Water thing. That, that that was yes. just a shit movie. like and like i i obviously i go back through and watch like i see like a lot of the like awards and stuff like who's nominated for what and i check as many of them out as i can and most of them are just fucking boring i don't care that it has al pacino in it anymore i don't care that it was fucking this guy (laughs) produced it or directed it that doesn't make it good yeah like if if the name like, if a single name could carry it, like, that far, it, it doesn't, yeah. I wanted to do it on its own merits, and I think that's what Die Hard did here. And you're right, the fucking the critics had to show their asses after, you know, the rest of the world, like, the box office numbers came in. They're like, you know what? No, oh, this is a fucking good movie. Everybody else likes it. All right. Yeah. And then the professional critics have to kind of backtrack on that so they can stay relevant. Because if somebody says, "Hey, go and watch this movie or this movie is shit," and he's like, "Aren't you the guy that said fucking Die Hard sucked?" Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna trust that opinion. I'm gonna go and see it if I want to see it. Right, exactly. And it's funny
1: how that's kind of what critics are used to—is to, to kind of guide yeah. the audience to which movie they're supposed to go and see. And it's mm. like it's it's tough, like talking to people who aren't this in depth into movies. Yeah, because they'll be like oh there's nothing to go see right now and i'm like there's this 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 and this like what do you mean there's nothing to see yeah. like there's so much like this was done by this person who wrote this after this came out and this mm-hmm. didn't do well with this studio but now they actually have more control over this movie yep and that type of thing uh like there's movies out there like but then we watch
0: them in a different way as well
1: yeah it's just it's hard to to navigate people saying that you know there's no movies being made anymore it's just yeah. superhero stuff or mcu stuff and it's like no there is hmm. you just don't go see them and you don't yeah. search it out like uh. you can't just like with anything else if you want to find what you like you can't have it just be spoon-fed to you mm-hmm. like you gotta dig marvel's, for this stuff yeah marvel's out there of course, and it's it's getting advertised the most because it makes the most money because people go to see it. Yeah. If you want to see more stuff that you're talking about, go see it in the theater. Exactly, yeah. And they'll make it. Like, like the only reason Marvel and DC and, you know, Fast and Furious and Jurassic World are making all these movies and getting shown on all these screens is because they have the money to do so. And they have the money to do so because they're making a ton of money Mm -hmm. because people are buying tickets. If, if you want to see more stuff you like seeing, then you have to go see the stuff in the movies because that's what they care about. The DVD market is no longer there Mm -hmm. because that's what was funding a lot of the movies before, you know, like it was like a second release. So that's where you got all the rom-coms and the, you know, the dumb comedies that we decided we thought were good. Like, good luck, Chuck. <laughs> and, and <Yep. laughs> you know, <laughs> like, those movies stopped getting made because they couldn't yeah. bring a profit with the DVD sales. Because nobody watches DVDs anymore. Hmm. They stream it. So, Which is why we
0: got a lot of this Netflix original shit. That yeah. seems to border that line a little bit more. That's that's what it's catering for. Because they can be that little bit more targeted and they're just after ratings after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why so many Netflix things get is, fucking
1: cancelled. Exactly. Like
0: people will put out
1: like one specific example of this because basically Netflix and other, you know, streaming service now, they'll put out one season of a show, not like the initial uh uh statistics that it brings back and just cancel it like one thing that that really pissed me off was the uh the Cowboy Bebop mm. live action show that show was number 1 on Netflix when they canceled it a week or two after release yeah like that pissed me off
0: they yeah, i All think night. they need to extend like, their their, <laughs> their sampling size like their sampling times for sure yeah but in saying that it's it's one of those things like the a multi billion dollar company that they probably just have a hard line of numbers of like, you know, this is worth it, this is not. Yeah. Like, and if you can't and, pull numbers in this time frame, it's not worth it to them. Right. But that what that ends up
1: doing, um, especially with the movies and stuff, it doesn't give it a chance to be a cult classic. No. Yeah. And people forget how many movies were saved by VHS DVD physical releases yeah. and became cult classics because people went out and bought them.
0: Yeah. Our you favorite know? Kevin Smith, like his entire career yeah. is at home home sales, yeah. like, he was never the guy for you know cinematic release. And like, he was going to pull numbers at box office and stuff like that. Like Miramax uh, would just always be like, Hey, if you've got another movie idea, That can like you know that we spend fucking you know twenty million on, and it makes us you know and it brings back fifty. Let's do that. Like it's guaranteed money. Like the way that they're they're pulling that kind of thing, we can't do that that with all other stuff.
1: Yeah, right. That literally just happened. So like everything that I'm saying was proven proven by Kevin Smith. Yeah, this past movie, like he released, he did Jay and Silent Bob, uh, reboot. And that was put out through Lionsgate because yep. he severed ties with Miramax. And the obvious right? He yep. bought the yeah, uh, <laughs> people bought the Blu ray and the DVD and all that. So that Lionsgate went to him and were like, Hey, if you have anything else that we could make for yeah. under 10 million, we'll do it. And he was like, I got a ton of pieces of shit that I can make for under 10 million. And he made Superman hides behind a rock, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> but it was the force of people buying it. Like, like, unfortunately you have to buy the physical media or you have to buy the movie ticket in order to tell these studios, this is what I want to see. Hmm. And then when they actually listen to you and put out stuff, you have to go and see that. Like, yeah. One thing that chased my ass a bit is, uh, people saying the, like, not people saying, but like, there's been a, ton of talk about how we need more superhero films with like diverse heroes and and tell more people's stories and stuff blue beetle comes out
0: yeah nobody sees it mhm captain marvel comes out it's a piece of shit like
1: you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> but uh... You son of a bitch, you, you threw me
2: off. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but no, I, I get like, what you're saying. Like the, and that's unfortunately that's the thing. Like people think that they can go out and blast things on social media and you know, like that comment's gonna matter. And like, I'm not saying that your fucking your comment or your opinion doesn't matter, but if you really want to show yeah. a lot of these like a lot of the bigger corporations and services and stuff like that, unfortunately it's not your voice, it's your dollar. That's that's where that line gets drawn. Yeah. Like, if you if you really want to show that you want this or you don't want this, it's wherever the money ends up. Because like we we were talking talking before uh, about J.K. Rowling being a piece of shit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if they bring out another Harry Potter, anything, the only way that you're going to be able to actually do anything about you know, a release after that is Controlling how much actually gets through to them. Like, we're talking financially, not because we already know that she's a piece of shit, and there's still talks of more Harry Potter media coming out.
1: Well, that like, that game made, yeah, like it broke records with exactly. how many copies it sold at, in a time for. I think it was beaten. Uh, like, I think Spider Man 2 beat it because um, it was 5 million copies and like, no, 11 million copies in five days. Something yeah. like that. It was something ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, like there's they're rebooting Harry Potter. Like mm. that is a confirmed thing that's happening yeah. on HBO. And it's like, bro, like, <laughs> what do you, why do you need to reboot Harry Potter, first of all? Like, yeah. those are pretty recent. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you could even do a sequel if you wanted, that everybody's still young enough.
2: Yeah.
1: And, but anyway, like, we, we know anything Harry Potter is going to get made because it's proven that it sells even the fantastic Beasts movie which i have not heard anything nobody's told me they're great
0: you know like i don't think anybody thinks they're great i saw the first one i was like this is average background noise at best yeah (laughs) i didn't see them, but there's three of them things
2: yeah
1: there's 10 harry potter movies each one like selling more tickets than the last. And like, this one's going to make money. And, you know, people are wondering why JK Rowling is just still sounding off with whatever she wants to sound off about. And it's like, yeah. well, he said specifically in a tweet that like, when you give, when you buy Harry Potter stuff, she takes that as support of her opinions. Mm-hmm. So she's just going to keep doing it. Why wouldn't she do it? Yeah. Why wouldn't she, do it? when she's got bigotry and it's being, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Validated. Yeah, validated. Thank you. Thank you. That, <laughs> but yeah, her beliefs are being validated by dollars, and she is hmm. point blank said, if I keep cashing these checks, I keep thinking mm-hmm. that people are supporting me. It's like, bitch, no. Like, we just grew up thinking wands are cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all it is. But like, it's too big of a juggernaut to stop now.
0: Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but that's hey, that's exactly what we were talking about. It's the unfortunately we're in a place where you have to vote with your wallet. That's what's going to get heard most of all.
2: Yeah,
1: and it's it's, I mean, I get like a lot of people don't have a lot of money to, I do not either, uh, but it's it's also a bummer when like, you know, I I got a I got a pretty large connection with the interwebs and stuff. Uh and a lot of people who think similar similarly to you and I, and they'll talk about how, you know, this movie's coming out, these people are great in it, or like these people are great actors. You know, this is really important because, you know, this person is directing it. And then the box office comes back and like nobody has seen it. And it's yeah, like, okay. Well if you we want those things to happen, which I do too, we have to go see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like we have to show up but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, in order to do that, you have to support huge companies, and huge companies are kind of being dickheads. Yeah. For the past, you know, like, millennia.
0: Like, look at legitimately what we just went through with the industry and movies, like with SAG. Yeah. Like, we yeah. legitimately just came through the other side of that. And even
1: with that, like, not all of the stuff they were mm-hmm. trying to protect against are protected against still. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're, this was not, like, a once-in-a-generation strike. We're going to go through this strike again.
0: Yeah. Because whatever precedent that we've just set for him and, like, whatever the base is, that is now going to be the base for the next 20 years. Like, and it's yeah. just going to be one of those things, like, unless, like, they have we're talking, we have to have a huge industry move, which we're relying on multibillion-dollar companies to shell out of their own initiative, which, it ain't going to happen no like
1: ea's just put in a patent uh where you can record some lines of your yourself and then it uses ai to use your voice to voice a character in game yeah so it'd be actually your voice and i'm like guys don't do that Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're just giving them your voice and likeness and then they can use it forever like like we just went through this. So like, because they can't get away with it in the guild, they're finding a backdoor way of getting it with their own customers and then playing it off as a feature. Yeah. Like, hey, do you want to be in a movie? We, Relay yeah, you want to be in a video game? You want to yeah. be yourself in the video game? Yeah. Uh, and that also, if you're voicing the protagonist, you're getting your customer to voice the protagonist. You don't have to hire an actor mm. to portray that character. Like we just went through this, and they found another loophole. Yeah, which is again why it's very hard to view Hans Gruber as a villain when he's saying, "I'm going to take six hundred and fifty million dollars away from this corporation." Yeah, and they have to have him kill somebody. Yeah, to remind you, he's the bad guy. So does it? Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? You know what we would call him if he didn't kill people willy nilly. Robin
2: Hood,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's fuck you, capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> before we, it feels
1: like we're getting close to our. I scores. think we are. Yeah, before we do that, there's something we haven't mentioned about Die Hard, and mm-hmm. it's a, the, the reason why it's placed where it is is because it's our transition from it's, 80s to Christmas. Now, we've talked about the plot and cast and all that, and the writing. Uh, would you say this is a Christmas movie?
0: Yes, and whoever doesn't fuck off, you're wrong. Correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know who said it wasn't? Somebody is gonna
1: get their ass kicked. Bruce Willis. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Bruno. <laughs> but it's it's so hard to separate Christmas from this movie. Mm. Uh,
0: like I know, like, like legitimately, it only takes place at Christmas, but. So does every other fucking Christmas movie? Name a Christmas movie that doesn't happen at Christmas. Yeah, didn't fucking think so. But even then, it goes deeper. Like a lot of the a lot of the music, like
1: a lot of mm-hmm. the you know original music for the film has jingle bells and going down yeah. in the background, and like or sleigh bells rather, rather. like bells
0: are jingling, not
1: <laughs> like the actual jingle. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also fitting uh, since
0: this is the the last episode and we're coming out the last day of No Not November. Yeah. <laughs> so there will be Bells <laughs> of December 1st, your boy going crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like and then
1: when he uh he gets picked up by the limo driver mm. it, and he puts on the tape, it's run DMC Christmas yeah. and Hollis. Yep. Like Not only that, but there's countless references. They're always referring that it is Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. They're doing da da da. Uh, Hans Gruber keeps saying there's going to be a Christmas miracle, and yeah, it's a Christmas movie. The iconic elevator opening and the dead guy there Mm -hmm. with written on his sweatshirt. Now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! (laughs) It's a Christmas movie. It is a fucking Christmas movie, and it
0: happens on Christmas Eve. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any real argument for it not to be a Christmas movie. Because yeah. like, if there's an argument for this to not be a Christmas movie, it is fucking any of the Home Alone. Right. Exactly. Like, you want to? You really want to dig down that rabbit hole? Let's start having a look at other movies that wouldn't be classified as Christmas movies just because they happened on Christmas. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Bang. Like, haven't, it, haven't it, I haven't seen
1: it. Okay. <laughs> well, you're going to, but... <laughs> and i'm gonna hate it <laughs> i'm legitimately worried about that Actually, <laughs> i have a lot of friends who like it's a wonderful life is legitimately in their top three of favorite movies like oh you're time. gonna have a bad time <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like oh my podcast partner doesn't like anything in black and white <laughs> <laughs> But again, like, that goes throughout that guy's whole life and just happens to take place around Christmas. Yeah. Like, you know, so, I don't know, this, this is way more of a Christmas movie than classics Mm. claim to be. Yeah. Usually. Harry Potter is considered Christmas movies. They play them around Christmas all the time, and each one of those movies just has a scene that takes place at Christmas
0: Yeah, because you spend a whole year in that movie yep like that's it he dicks they go to he fucking dicks. base school holidays around something yeah it, yeah no it, it's fucking there is no argument that it's not a Christmas movie yeah no legitimate argument I'm
1: glad we're in agreement
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> oh I can take the devil's advocate side if you want
1: I don't know if I have the energy for that right <laughs>
0: It's a lot. It takes a lot. <laughs> we don't flick that switch unless necessary.
1: <laughs> unless Toon says you're scoring too soft.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn me, Toon. Um, all right, let's jump into what our scoring is for Die Hard. The ultimate Christmas movie, according to Mrs. Harrison.
2: <laughs>
0: all right, so writing. What, uh, what did you have for writing?
1: Uh writing. So
0: Like, we talked about
1: how it weaved in and out and, like, had the great banter and stuff like that. Um, Obviously, I like the writing. Yeah. Like, obviously, I like this movie. Uh, Spoilers. Where? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The only time I hit hiccups with the writing was when Deputy Dickhead was around. And then the FBI guys were around. Because they legitimately just did dumb things because they thought they were in charge without actually giving a shit about what was going on. And then the movie was just like, they're following the hostage handbook. And it's like, are they? Yeah, they felt like real cops. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, like, it kind of has to play dumb. Yeah. With the people who aren't John McClane or Al to make them the heroes yeah and then Hans Gruber did like like we talked about it was like almost like the writing was arguing with how Alan Rickman was portraying him because he portrayed him in one way and then he did some like like oh remember he's the bad guy stuff yep. so all together for writing which you know I think it's a solid movie with with surprisingly deep writing especially when it comes to the uh, characters personal stories I gave it an
0: 89 oh shit so did I Oh shit! Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, for the same reasons, I thought it was just a really well written um, action movie. Like it's a little bit more than an action movie, but I think at the end of the day, it still boils down for me. It's an action movie. Um, yeah, but you know, I I just thought it was well done. I think the like, okay, and we'll go into it next, but like the script was great, especially like we we're talking about that triangle. Um, between Hans, um, McLean, and fucking Al, um, you know, especially not having only having very, very minimal scenes where the, where these guys actually cross over to each other, right? Like, there's it's right. very little. Um, like I think there is only actually two scenes where McLean and Alan are next to each other. Legitimately, two scenes. Yeah.
1: And like there's the you, rooftop where they yeah. meet and then fight, and then there's the one later on where he's holding his wife hostage.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it, it. Um, and a little bit more, but not a lot. Same way with um with John and Hans, like all their interaction comes from um you know who's the cat, who's the mouse, and then the walkie-talkies kind of comes into it. Uh, and then you well obviously you oh, do I have thought we were talking about John here. and Hans first. <laughs> no, was John and Allen. John and Alan, John and Alan yeah, yeah, yeah. But same
1: thing. That's what's throwing me off. Like yeah. Alan. I thought you were talking about Alan Rickman. But
0: yeah, there's, <laughs> there's Al, only yeah.
1: one scene. There's there is only one scene where John and Al are, are yeah. together and that's yeah, where that's he at so. yeah. the end. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hans and John is two scenes.
0: Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, I thought same thing. 89. I thought it was it was really good. Yeah. Which puts us into performance. Performance. Uh, I think.
1: So, I think when I give a high performance score, there's usually, you know, um, really strong main cast and then really strong supporting cast. Yep, And not really any hiccups with extras or a couple supporting cast members. Yeah. yeah. In this performance, it is a high score. And there are some supporting cast members that are like, Ugh. you know, yeah. a little bit. But the thing is the supporting cast members that are good are excellent. And then the main cast is incredible. Yeah. Um, one of the people we talked to, we, we didn't talk about um, who I think really kind of stole the few scenes they were in as a supporting cast member was Thornsburg. Mm-hmm. Or Thornburg. Yeah, the, uh, the reporter. Yeah. Um, and he's also pretty special. Uh, do you know why he's pretty special to our show? Why is he special to our show, CJ? Uh, because he's played by William Atherton. You know who that is? No, I don't. Me fucking either. But he was in one episode <laughs> of Law and Order for uh, you. <laughs> 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 Uh but no he he did really well. He was uh he was the ginger in uh Ghostbusters the first Ghostbusters. Yeah 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 movie. Yep, yep. Like it's true this man has no dick.
2: Like, <laughs> that
1: was Yep. <laughs> that was also him. So he just shows up in 80s movies is insufferable but does it so well. Yeah. Like it it was so satisfying to see him get punched uh <laughs> by Holly at the end. Besides that, like Holly, was such oh, such a great performance by uh, Bonnie uh, Tyler. Bonnie? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was Bonnie Tyler? Like,
1: she was Bonnie. Oh shit! You fuck! I
0: didn't,
1: <laughs> I didn't even catch that. You she fuck. was a
0: great actress. A fucking absolutely eclipsing. Uh Bonnie Bedelia. Bedelia.
1: Uh yeah. She. uh she was so good in it. Like. Like the way she like takes a stand to yeah. them suddenly, but it was also really smart not to give away her last name. Yeah, like there was a conscious choice when she was like Miss, you know, whatever her last name was. Uh, that This is the problem with doing a movie podcast
0: with ADHD. Like names and stuff don't stick. I suck with that. And I think it was um, <laughs> was it, G- Gennaro. Gennaro. Something. It was something with the G. Gennaro. Yeah. Gennaro. Yeah.
1: Because I remember thinking, oh, they just gave her generic last name.
0: generic last name. That's actually, um, that is the daughter's last name from the book. It's like one of the few things she kept because she was Stephanie oh, Genero okay. in that.
1: Gotcha. But yeah, sh- I found her, like, she was fantastic. Like, yeah.
0: like, she played it strong. Uh, And like, she was just a likable character no matter what. You knew who I reckon she would have played? She reminds me of a lot. She would have played a really great version of it. Like an April O'Neil in the first Ninja Turtle movie. Yes. He would have been yes. great.
1: Absolutely. Uh, but altogether, so because of how good, you know, Alan Rickman, Bruce Willis, yep. Brendan L. Johnson, and the, the extras, like Argyle, one of my favorites in there, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, the limo driver, yeah, yeah. Uh, gave the whole thing in 93 for performance.
0: Cool. Do you want to know what I gave it for the performance? What'd you give it? I gave it a 93. Shut the fuck up. We're fucking two for two so far.
2: <laughs>
0: no, no. <laughs> okay. Let, let's run with number three. Uh, but, like, I don't honestly, uh, without even running into it anymore, I think it's, yeah. I thought they just did a fantastic job. Like, just to, I, I don't want to say every actor, because there was a couple that were just below average. Me, But they also yeah. weren't so bad that it kind of really took away from anything um yeah no i just thought that was a fucking excellent job done agreed yeah all right so cinematography all the big bangs
1: the big bangs
0: the big bangs <laughs>
1: uh you know when we talked about top gun we talked about how they hired the navy and did all those plane shots yep. and you know how i had to take off a, a little bit of scoring. Because it wasn't shot movie way, but it was yep. shot like, you know, just footage way. Yep. Uh, which kind of hurts cinematography when you're trying to tell a story. Yeah. Did you know they had like five minutes to get the helicopter shots in this?
0: I didn't know that was five minutes, but they—I did read a thing where they said like they had extremely limited access.
1: Yeah, I uh, think
0: it was five minutes. Like, like they
1: had an hour to get set up and do what they were going to do. That's what their permit allowed. But I'm pretty sure it's the raw footage is only about five minutes. Wow, and it's used so effectively. Yeah,
0: like, really, <laughs> really well.
1: The helicopters going through the through the streets and i think it was necessary as well to do that because it gives you the feeling of like oh shit helicopters you yeah. know like you can't achieve that with a model like the way it no, sways yeah, and stuff but yeah. like, like you can but
2: it's a just lot. something yeah.
1: different you know but the way it was shot I, I i just dug it like like there's that that iconic scene that we're talking about where he's in the vents and he's you know talking yeah. to himself and that's all the that's light the frame and the, yeah and it's the, the lighter itself cuz it's using practical flame yeah. like it's lit so well where you can tell what's going on from the backlight behind him yeah and then when he lights up the lighter it just looks clearer like it's and then you have like cinematic uh shots like han leaning out the window with the stripes of the blinds and like you know the the different shots of just aerial stuff and you know when Reginald Val Johnson's at the gas station and he's it, the camera scans up the whole yes. time yep. to give the gravitas of what's going on in the way the action sh- scenes were shot too. Yeah. Uh, like none of it was confusing. You, you can't, yeah. it was hectic. It was chaotic. It was anxiety inducing, but it was, it wasn't confusing. Yeah. Uh, like I just really dug how this was shot. And then you had, uh, the more personal stuff where it was framed really well. Yeah. Where you get like the emotion of the person on the, on, on their face shots. And then, um, it didn't cut harshly either. Like it, like a lot of times when they're having conversations, like when John and Hans are having that face to face conversation, it clips to Bruce Willis a few times, but it, it, made sure to stay focused on alan rickman's reaction which i thought was really cool yeah and it also had a especially since he's such an expressive actor yeah he's so good um and then you had you know running to different places like they would tilt the frame yep so it was almost at unease like it gives you that like like uh subconscious feeling of at ease because you're at a certain angle that you're not supposed to be at yeah like i just thought it was super well shot uh and the models and the explosions and all that the only thing that kind of got hit for cinematography is unfortunately it was the late 80s where karate Mm -hmm. was really big yeah and some of the some of the moves in those fight scenes were like why are we throwing flying kicks right now? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, no, you're fighting no, uh, for your life. Like it was like <laughs> and this came this came off of my uh, my music and sound design, but it was like some of the punches and kicks were that super stereotypical kind of sound. like that. That takes me out a little bit, but I also kind of yeah. love it for nostalgic purposes. But like there was the specifically what I'm talking about is
1: when he's fighting Carl yeah, 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 the long blonde-haired guy. Yeah, and like the way they staged it, and then Carl comes in with the the jumping kicks and stuff. I'm like, is this Walker Texas Ranger? Like, what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> like, yeah. like, all of a sudden, I'm I'm pulled out a little bit because they were just grappling and trying yeah. to choke the life out of each other and beat the shit. And now,
0: and now for some reason, this Miyagi's this, dojo. Yeah, and- <laughs> this guy's got like a 40 inch vertical jump, and he's like spitting in the air. <laughs> This dude's like six, seven. In yeah. Bruce Willis is like five, ten. <laughs> why are we, why are you
1: jumping to kick his head? You can do this. need static. to jump. start. Yeah. <laughs> so, altogether, cinematography, I gave it a 91.
0: Fuck off. Look, can you see no, my fuck scores? <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> so, th- this is a legitimate thing. Like, I just, I just showed CJ my scores uh, through the camera. I have a ninety-one. We are three for three so far. We were both so scared of Mrs. Harrisy. like we're fucking terrified. <laughs> and like I know, I obviously live a lot closer to her, but uh, she yeah. will find a way. Like, if there's anybody that should not have the Green Lantern's ring, it's fucking her. The willpower on <laughs> it, Jesus.
1: Oh fuck me.
0: Um, but yeah, I the exact same reasons um i i didn't even really bring the the karate like the 80s karate into it but you know i just thought it was i thought it was really good i liked just about everything you saw i think it was really well lit um i know i talk about most episodes um that really stupid keyboard warrior thing that i do um (laughs) of like oh i would have shot this in a different lens um i don't think i really would have I mm. I think everything happened exactly probably the way that it could or should. This is probably like the optimal um, kind of way it was shot for the movie. At $25 million, they better get the lenses right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: $25 million in 88. Like we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Rookie, mus- Rookie. Uh, music and sound design. I don't know if I should be taking points off for like the Willem scream or putting them on, to be honest. I didn't even notice it. Was it in this? Yeah, yeah, it was in here. Uh, it was uh, where some idiot fell down the stairs. Um, it was like a little tumble, but it's like the end of it. Like I'm. Oh man, I didn't even notice. But as a general rule, you always add points for the wall screen.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so music and sound design, I think, is my most like really high, really low category. Yeah. with this movie. Uh, because there's some stuff that I very much loved and some stuff that I didn't. Yep. Um, One thing that I really dug was uh, when he first gets to Nakatomi Plaza and he's in the lobby. Yeah. Uh, How empty the lobby feels. It felt like they actually used the sound from set when yep. he's walking around. And it's you just feel a the, huge reverberation. The, yeah, the echoes and like, like it really just... Sh- Adds to, or I think it conveys to the audience how uncomfortable he is being here. Yeah. Because it puts a spotlight on it. He's the only one in the lobby. He's making a lot of noise, not trying to make a lot of noise, and, you know, looks on edge. And even Reginald Bell Johnson later on, Al, when he walks in, he looks around real quick and is like, "Ah, fuck this, and walks out. (laughs)
2: Like,
1: you know, I've really dug stuff like that. Obviously, you put run DMC. Yeah, in a soundtrack that's gonna bump it up for me. I love Ron DMC. Uh, I liked how everything was balanced and level. Yeah, like yep. nothing seemed to overpower the other. Um, uh, the the original music I felt kind of out of place sometimes. Yeah, uh, it almost had like the air butt effect that we talked about yep. before, where yep. it's like little too, you know, little
0: kid movie esque. Yeah. Um what is this practical magic?
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I literally had that thought,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, like you were saying, it did some cool things too, like incorporating the the sounds of christmas music, yeah, the and Christmas and the, and the carols in the that they bought yep, when it did that, it was really cool, but whenever it was not that, it wasn't, yeah, um. And then, like you said, the the generic punches and kick sounds like like there was a couple of kicks where it was like the same sound effect like three times in a row. And yeah,
2: was
0: like, I was like, Come and on. like so much Come so that like if you if if there's a listener out there like listening to this episode that was here in the beginning for the the first one when we did Aliens, the very first this movie sucks. Yeah. Uh and I we used to put the the those punch and kick sounds over the curse words. I am almost dead certain that there is a couple of those actually (laughs) in this. Like they just they just sounded like they hit me. I was like, that that sounds so generic that I think I have that sound bite. Like
1: that's public ass, that's public domain.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And at twenty five million dollars, you should
1: be able to get a folio. Yeah, make (laughs) your own. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I gave it overall an eighty one.
0: Yep, this is actually where we differ because I went eighty two. Yeah. Oh shit! But it's different. For the exact reason, I thought I thought most of the sounds were pretty cool. Um, It's really hard to captures sound as atmosphere um i don't know how many people out there notice but like so i come from uh a musical background and like a little bit of audio engineering and stuff like that what i know um especially with how shit of a job i do with editing this podcast um but like I've got one of those those atmospheric ears that oh, I fucking hate saying mm. shit like this. Um, but like, I can, like, if i, well, walk I into, like, a perfect pitch. No, oh, I'm fucking so far yeah. away from perfect. Get a mug right now and <laughs> tell you a key the mug rings in. <laughs> knock, on, knock on the wall, then knock on the stud. I'll tell you the decibel change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but
1: like, I say that in like the first podcast I put out, Every Man on Everything, my podcast <laughs> partner was Ethan, one of my best friends. Uh, who you've seen him? Um, yeah, 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 memories and stuff like that. But I was at his house one time, and he has perfect pitch. And <laughs> uh, he had a studio apartment. I stayed over. it was him and his girlfriend at the time. She had left, so like his, his uh, it was one room. Their bed was in a corner, and then I was on the couch in the living space. But there's, yeah. you know, obviously no walls or anything. So we were waking up, he's in bed, I'm on the couch, and I said, Hey, did so and so leave? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, she's gone. And so I just let one rip. It was like a and he goes, Hold on, he gets up, he goes, He goes to the the his keyboard and he goes, ding ding, and he goes, something like you were one F sharp away from a D major chord. <laughs>
0: For the rest of your life, you've just been trying to hit that E major, emphasis, that that F major. Emphasis.
1: I've been trying to hit the uh, the the mid twenty tens dramatic cinema, bo
0: <laughs> just that bellowing, yeah. <laughs> the, the opening for like that Dolby surround sound, yeah. <laughs> the
1: the one the one long note they pull out while like some some like pop singer you never heard of just goes, I can feel it. Calling in the
0: air. It's like every dark pop mm-hmm. cover ever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't sound like the Titanic before I went down, it's like. <laughs>
2: I'm
0: sorry, I, did, I completely derailed your score explanation. <laughs> so you know what the best part about this? So it, it's no secret that we're both massive fans of Kevin Smith. Between. Wow. Between the People uh the Alan right now. between like the, the Dickless jokes of like Alan Rickman's Angel, uh, which mm. was a movie character that's not a reference to his current being, um, and the like and the No Nut November jokes, we get into that. We are we are living the Kevin Smith dream of dick and fart jokes.
1: We really are.
0: Uh, this this we is really our are. actual humor. <laughs> you even told Bruce Willis to fuck off, yeah, <laughs> while calling him Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> and we even referenced the fucking that one movie that Kevin Smith wanted that one exact same reaction from when they did Cop yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't out. I just want that one shot from Moonwalker.
1: Oh Jesus! All right, so you give him an eighty-two.
0: Yeah, I got good eighty-two. All right, vibe. This movie's fun as fuck, man. Yeah,
1: like, like it's so it's it. It locks you in, and it doesn't let you go. Like there's a reason why, you know twenty you know forty excuse me, thirty five years later, once I mathed real quick <laughs> thirty five years later, we're still talking about this. yeah, there's a reason why there's memes that're so popular saying that it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah, there's reasons why it kept getting sequels. Like, there's reasons why, when you talk about, like, action movies, or, yeah. or quote-unquote man movies, or anything like that, Die Hard comes up. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is essentially it's, what made Bruce Willis a star. Like, yeah, proper a, star power.
1: This paved the way for Bruce Willis movies that you've never heard of to be in the $5 bin at Walmart. Yeah. Like, without this movie, that never happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just a fun movie, and you know, it somehow still feels festive, like even with all the the dying and the killing and da da da. da. Yeah, so I gave it a ninety-one.
0: It's just a great vibe, 91. just a fun movie. Yeah, I uh, I hit it with a ninety-eight. <clears throat> I I enjoy the shit out of this movie. Um, yeah, and it's it's actually kind of nice to find one of those. I'm going to call it a comfort movie, uh, for hmm. Mrs. Harris's sake, especially because we watch this every fucking year since she had so my wife grew up not, not a massive cinema fan. she hadn't seen a lot of movies, a lot of shows. A lot of my it's really funny. Uh, I speak a lot in quotes, I think as a lot of us do that take in mm-hmm. a lot of media. I think but she I- thought I was just genuinely funny for like the first fucking three years of our relationship. Like, That's how you got her. Yeah. She's like, I, I'd say so and she'd like laugh, or like now it's just you're a fucking idiot. But like before like she actually just, now she's seen the movies. Yeah. It's just like shut up. It's but like it's it's things like um stupid things. Like she'd ring me on the It's like where are you? It's like I'm in a glass case of emotions. And like <laughs> they punted back to <laughs> Or, well, like I walk outside in summer, and it's like, oh, it's a dad, it's a bad day for milk. Um, yeah. Because yes, like the ninety percent of what I still quote daily is fucking Anchorman. Um, but like, yeah, yeah so that oh, you ruin it for me. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I because she didn't come from like a big, like she wasn't a massive movie goer. She still doesn't like going to the cinema. Um, it's just it's not her thing. Um, And then, yeah, I, I put this movie on for her and she's like, what is this? I was like, I've never seen it. And we sat there and we watched it. And she's like, this is fucking, this is fantastic. She loved it so much so that like, I went out and then I bought the complete collection for her on DVD and she literally sat there and just watched one after the other. Like she took me in this and wouldn't go that far, uh, But, like, she said that and took in the entirety of the franchise. Uh, Like, Mm. it was just, it's like that scene in Clockwork Orange where fucking, like, Alex is sitting in the chair with his eyes fucking, like, (laughs) held open. It was like that, but willing. And, yeah, and then ever since, like, she she then went on, like, a Bruce Willis kick where she wanted to watch like, what other Bruce Willis movies are there? And, like, I showed her a couple, like, where he wasn't playing uh like the the tough guy. And yeah. she's like, this is this is shit. This isn't Bruce Willis. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> Did you show her his blues albums? No, I
0: still love this woman. <laughs> like, I don't want to hurt her, like Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy. So you said ninety eight for vibe?
0: Ninety eight for vibe for me.
1: Okay, so I did the calculating, and yep. um uh, what did so Mrs Harrisy gave us a a threshold
0: we had to hit right yes what was what was the score we couldn't be below if it goes if it goes under ninety, our lives will not be worth living, so I added up our scores yes i got I got our official score okay uh,
1: it came out to eighty nine point eight. Whoa. which rounds up to 90, so we get to live another day.
0: <laughs> I actually held my breath for a little bit.
1: <laughs> I saw you tense up. I was like, oh, man, that that man's butthole is so puckered right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, shit. Yeah,
1: I mean, you can't deny it. It's just a fantastic it's, film. It is. It it's, is a great it's film. It's so good. It's so good.
0: It's nostalgic. It's comforting. It's fun. It's not problematic, even though it is 35 years on. Like, Which is crazy was, because
1: yeah. it, like, literally his character development is: my wife was right; I need to apologize to her yeah. and support her in her career where she makes millions of
0: dollars. Exactly. Yeah, king. But yes, yeah. <laughs> like it, it could have quite easily gone the other direction. I
1: I even hesitate like this like. I th- think the term man movie is kind of outdated. Like, I think people have kind of stopped using this. But yeah. this was one of those things that was called a man movie. Yeah. You know, like Patriot and Gladiator and
2: Appellas all flick,
1: yeah. I never felt comfortable calling this a man movie because when I was 16, my girlfriend showed it to me. <laughs> because it was her favorite movie.
0: <laughs> you see how he supports her? You do that now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See how he said I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> well, if you're actually following
0: on, he's never said sorry.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm I'm so okay with 90. Yeah. Like my my average
0: came out to uh 89. Yeah.
1: Mine comes like, at exactly. like, No 90.6
0: 90. mine comes to. Yeah. 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 So like I'm so okay with that. Yeah. Like. Good movie. Fun movie. Lovable movie. Uh, Deserves the prize it gets. Now, before we move into casting slouch, I got a question for you.
1: Yeah. Which kind of ties into casting slouch. You mentioned that you would watch an origin story of Hans Gruber. Yeah. And I agreed. Yeah. Now, obviously, Alan Rickman, one of the greatest actors ever, has passed away. Yes. So obviously he couldn't be involved, and also by now he'd be too old.
2: If nah, fucking Salon Rickman, yeah. <laughs>
1: if you were to cast Hans Gruber, young Hans Gruber, in an origin story, who would you cast? Have my pick up here.
0: I'm, I've got somebody I'm leaning towards, and to be quite frank, I don't know why, but it's Keanu Reeves. Hmm. I don't know why. That is legitimately the first name that came up, and. I can't talk myself into it or out of it.
1: <laughs> it's funny that you said Keanu Reeves and he's like 30 years older than Alan Rickman was when he was a <laughs> played adult. Hans, yeah. <laughs> when he played Hans.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, fuck it's Keanu Reeves, I'll believe it. Yeah. Unless we'd go on Bromcom. <laughs> uh
1: mine was Adam Driver. Ooh. Uh, he gets like people want him as like the snape origin mm. yeah 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 um and i think it's just cuz of the nose it's but, the the, uh, the physical yeah right but i think he'd play a fantastic Gruber. Mm. uh like he's got he's got that level of zaniness in him yeah because yeah. people don't people only associate Alan rickman with snape which is a travesty uh, because oh, he had so many unhinged or mm-hmm. hinged, but with a bit of zany, like Hans Gruber, yeah. slick, old villain, bit of zany, yeah. Uh, and then you know, Metatron, cold, mm-hmm. calm, bit of zany, same thing with Galaxy Quest. Yep. Um, uh, but then you look at Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and zany, yeah, but awesome, old zany, like, yeah. And also, I think like, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Ferrari where Adam Driver plays, you know, the guy Ferrari who makes the cars, but he can do like a fantastic Italian accent. Okay. I don't see any reason why he couldn't do a German accent. Yeah. Like Alan Rickman barely does a German accent. <laughs> like <laughs> it's there, but it's barely.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah. Yeah, it's mixed. European at best. Yeah. <laughs> But, um,
1: it's mostly just British. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, all right. So before we jump into casting search, I actually want to show you Mrs. Heresy's. Uh, yes. Her Mrs. rating. Heresies. I think it will be a little bit surprising. So writing. Okay. She gave a 90. She thought okay. She said, really, really well done. Um, that is only a point above us. Mm-hmm. Uh, performance, a 95. She didn't. Yeah. She didn't care about any other people in the film, um, but she really liked John, Allen, and Holly. Uh, again, mm. she's not a. She's not really uh, like a film buff. So that got a ninety-five cinematography. Um, she just liked the way it looks and the explosions. Uh, so mm-hmm. that got a ninety. Music got an eighty. She said it was good, but nothing really jumped out at her and vibe was a hundred and even hundred because obviously it's a fucking it's a favorite movie of time yeah that actually gives her a score of a rounded up 91
1: wow okay so we're not far off yeah we're really we're like and right in line
0: i think when i did it 90
1: 91 like yeah. that's crazy
0: i think when when i actually did it um that's rounded up to a ninety-one. I think it was actually like a yeah. ninety point like seven or a ninety point eight or something like that. So it's yeah. actually really close to what we gave it between us. Yeah. So like if you're following along there, um yeah, I think we're we're on board.
1: Yeah. I mean this has got the official stamp of approval. Yeah. Of the this movie sucks podcast and Mrs. Heresy.
0: Yeah, which is a very... It's going to happen very, very seldomly.
1: Yeah, because the last time we got Mrs. Harrisley scores, that was Practical, Practical magic, magic. Yeah, Where like three of the five categories got a 40. Yep. The other two got 60s.
0: <laughs>
2: <Dixies>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and she's actively said she's never watching it again. Yeah. Like, If it comes on TV like one night, she's turning it off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Casting Slouch.
1: slouch.
0: This is the fun before we run. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take the 1998 blockbuster Die Hard. We're going to change the genre and CJ is going to recast it for us. So I alluded to this a little bit during the episode. Oh, fuck you did. I did. So this movie being in the 80s and being a massive action blockbuster could have gone very, very many ways. Uh, it could have been a very, very different movie, uh, especially if we got Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. So let's regenre the 80s blockbuster as a cliche 80s action blockbuster. How would we turn this into the actual cheesiest '80s action movie
1: using, obviously, '80s actors? So, like the cast of Expendables. Yeah,
0: yeah. All
2: right.
0: right. (laughs) No one born after '68. Yeah. So John McClane is the first one. Yeah. The Big Daddy. daddy. Yeah,
1: yeah. The Big Daddy. Um, be really funny if he didn't have an American accent. (laughs)
0: We already know where that's going. <laughs>
1: I'm 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 torn between making this a joke and then actually doing this earnestly because I want to do it earnestly. That's the that's the difference between you and I. Whenever yeah. I throw this to you, you're like, fuck it. Attitude error wrestlers. <laughs> and then I'm over here trying. <laughs> um, um okay, okay. John McClane is going to be, you know what? Oh, no, no, no. Has to be cliche. Yeah. I was gonna go Bill Pullman. Uh, <laughs> that actually would have been all right as an actual, like a real. Yeah, that would, have been, would yeah. have been like I love Bill Pullman.
2: <laughs> he...
1: Okay, so I got it in my head. I can't deviate. Uh, sliced along like he he yeah. was already up for the part, and yeah. I think that's that's for a good reason.
0: He was actually the like, first one asked.
1: The first one asked. Yeah, I think. That's why, because they were originally trying to make the cliche
0: movie. Uh, so and then they yeah. found somebody that could act. Like <laughs> <laughs> it took sly, it took Sly decades to learn how to act after he was a massive actor.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh we'll go other hero
1: first. Yep. yep. Um so Al. Yeah, Al. Yeah. Carl Weathers.
2: Ooh. Okay,
1: like, yeah. I, I in fact I think you can still have those earnest conversations with Sean mm. and Carl Weathers Carl I think Weathers could, is a yeah. fantastic actor. Like and he looks the part of a chiseled fucking, Like he was in Predator either that year or the year after. I forget yeah. when Predator came out. Uh but he was, it was in a red, red, yeah.
0: huge shape. Um I I want to make a suggestion for uh cuz I've had this guy in my head for hours. The entire time, ever since I thought cliche 80s blockbuster. Mm mm-hmm. Al, Michael Winslow. Oh. The noise, the noise making guy from Police Academy.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. oh.
0: <laughs> I love Michael Winslow. Like his, his,
1: uh, his, uh, whole lot of love. Yeah. That he does.
0: Yeah.
2: Like Oh,
1: I love him.
0: But you could you could imagine it now, like him talking yeah. on the walkie-talkie without the walkie-talkie, but still doing the noises.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so good! He's a good actor too. He is. Oh, no,
0: like man. all like noises and jokes aside, he is actually a really good actor. <laughs> yeah. He could have done like the part seriously, and it would have been fantastic. Oh man, see
1: what I could have done! If I wanted to be a dickhead. Is I could have made Holly Demi Moore. <laughs> For those not of the know, Demi Moore is Bruce Willis's ex-wife. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Even she but, doesn't want to talk about Bruno.
1: I think um 80s, that type of, you know, that type of stature and and willpower and calmness. I think I'm gonna go Jane Fonda. Oh, Uh as, as yeah. Holly. Like Yeah. So and then Ellis, the guy who gets shot who sucks. Um we're gonna we're gonna make him Jesse Ventura.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> <is> really funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um uh do you remember what Clarence Gilliard's character's name was? The the hacker there? The zany hacker. Done. Okay, whatever doesn't matter. Uh, he's now played by Wesley Snipes.
0: Ooh, eighties Wesley, I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, like right before Demolition Man. Wesley yeah,
0: <laughs> In Demolition Man, where he just looked like fucking Dennis Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so I forget his name, but the the first guy that gets killed, right? Uh, Carl's brother.
0: Let's call him a Little Carl.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's Dolph Lundgren. Ooh, yep. Unfortunately, I have to sacrifice Donnie Lundgren a little bit. Like what Carl? Yeah, Arnie Schwartz. Oh, like Arnold. Because, and here's my way of thinking: If we have Sliced Alone as yeah. John McClane, Arnie Schwartz and Sliced Alone had a feud in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. And they never actually fought each other. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, and never came so having them too.
1: go cat and mouse. Need that, need
0: See, it. You know who I would Don't have gone want with? It. Need it, <laughs> need go. it. I would have gone with Jean Claude Van Damme. Hmm, that's a that's a, you know, that's a good I, suggestion. Yeah, I'm but not it, mad. I think I but like Arnie and Lundgren Gruber. together. Yeah,
1: the problem with Jean Claude Van Ga- yeah. Damme being Carl is he's my Hans Gruber. Oh, okay. He's that's, got that that's calm, five slick yeah. still, and then he's going to do split kicks. <laughs>
0: that's and then that's uh,
1: Chuck Norris <laughs> <laughs> Then, uh, I'm casting the whole fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> Deputy <laughs> Dickhead yeah. is going to be, uh, uh, almost something, uh, Biff from Back to the
0: Future. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Deputy Dickhead now, And the last cast, Argyle, the limo driver. yeah. Eddie Murphy, baby.
0: Yeah, it is Eddie Murphy. I actually think that would have been the fucking best role for Eddie Murphy. Like, if there was a little bit more, it didn't even need more screen time. Just those little segments, like, there's the snippets oh. that Argyle's in. Eddie Murphy would have yeah. killed
2: that.
1: You know what, the, what sucks about this, about casting Slouch? Yo. Is when it goes really well, when it's not just funny and like the pics are wanna really good. It. I want to see this yeah. movie. <laughs> it's in an alternate timeline with uh shazam sorry sinbad like
2: <laughs>
0: speaking of uh speaking of shazam um everybody's favorite uh tune uh next week that's going to be my heresy's hot pick a movie that doesn't exist <laughs> the movie that doesn't exist
1: <laughs> go find it
0: <laughs> that's our suggestion go find it go watch it
2: yeah it
1: no in bed
0: it should be in an op shop in a um it'll be like a vhs slipcover uh don't worry that the slipcover looks a little bit newer <laughs> that's a, uh, a translation yeah. for
1: our american audience op shop is thrift shop <laughs> which tune and i go to frequently like <laughs> we thrift shop a lot oh, there's <laughs> some find some sick shit in the shop hell yeah
2: huh. hell yeah
1: This was such a fun episode. This was the type of episode I needed after the Back to the Future episode.
0: After we got heavy, yeah, yeah. And it's nice that we actually we got something with a decent score. Like we've gone through some stuff, and like we've had had some pretty. We we don't actually have a lot of insanely high scoring movies. Come across some very run of the the mill. mill. Yeah, yeah. Like Top Gun was probably the, the big one.
1: Yeah um but yeah after after the the one-two punch of like a slight jab with indiana jones where it was like, mm. here's one of your favorite ever uh, and it's like oh shit a little bit a little bit and then yeah. getting me getting knocked out by back to the future i needed yeah 80s month to end a high an yeah, unproblematic. It, was,
0: <laughs> it really was it was a body shot uppercut that's what the yeah. those last two episodes were and i'm glad that we got to come to something like die hard uh yeah. which we we have sp- specifically placed in this uh this slot because of the arguments around if it is or isn't a christmas movie
1: right which i think and, we've pretty thoroughly settled
0: yeah so uh, i again very fitting for it to sit and to sit for release at the very last day of november yeah absolutely uh and then after that, we
1: have a month of Christmas movies coming out, mm. so that shouldn't be traumatic at all. Uh, Where I'm sure all our childhood favorites will stay intact. Nothing will be
0: problematic. Uh, I'll let you in. I'll let you in on a little secret. I I have watched all but one of the movies, and so far, mm. I only like one. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Oh no because i know two of them i know two of the well i know of the three we've actually put into stone yes i know and so now i'm trying to decide which one i think you would like out of two of them that i know you would or i thought you would this isn't a game i like (laughs) this is a dangerous (laughs) dangerous game uh and so make sure you're following uh this movie sucks pod on instagram uh, because we will be doing a poll to select our last movie yeah. uh, for this month. uh, We're going to be doing uh, classics, a selection of the classics. Uh, We're going to be doing a poll to pick our last movie of the Christmas season, and it's going to be a selection of Rankin Bass Productions. They're the ones who did, you know, Year Without a Santa Claus, Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the red Rose
0: Reindeer. So you guys actually get to pick which movie we do. No, you get to pick which movie I fucking ruin for you for the rest of your life. <laughs> you got to remember like I I'm Australian so we we don't actually have like we've spoken about this before. We don't have a lot of crossover with Christmas classics like what each of our countries consider to be a Christmas classic. So that's, that's going to be interesting. I have absolutely no nostalgic collection to the movies that you guys are about to pick. So for the Australians voting Pick something that sounds the stupidest. <laughs> Should we do that for
1: our for our picks? Like our, our Cedric Cinema Classics and Heresy's Hot Sauce. Should we choose Christmas movies that we're not covering? That yeah. like you could do like Australian classics, and
0: I'll pick some like deeper cuts. I'll let you in a secret: Australia doesn't have any Christmas classics. Where none? <laughs> no. I, you you, you got to remember that like sense. we we don't like your your Christmas season. Um, everything like is stereotypically around snow and eggnog and like shit like this. It's fucking summer for us. Like we're we're in thongs and board shorts. Like fucking there'll be budgies and that's sandals, guys. Thongs <laughs> as in s- flip flops yes. <laughs> and budgies. As- a
1: thong, I don't know.
0: Like <laughs> uh, it gets uh, it gets that hot sometimes. Uh, yeah. But like we had, it's like very very different cultures just from climate. Like, you guys are probably, like, outside making fucking snowmen and, like, putting a carrot where its dick should be and giggling like motherfuckers. We're, we're playing cricket and trying not to get sun cancer. Like, that's a massive, massive difference there.
1: Oh, man. But oh, don't worry. In a few years, we'll catch up to you. There'll be no snow. <laughs> There'll
0: be no snow. <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for Ellis. Oh, man, this was so much fun. That was a good one. I liked it.
1: That was a good one. Yeah.
0: And uh, we, we came in after editing. This should be around the two-hour mark. So we're still actually under the runtime.
1: Surprise! Well, that's because it was a long movie.
0: <laughs> two hours and 12 minutes.
1: Are we still recording? Yeah. We didn't actually turn it off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. You can tell there's a professional
0: show. And I'm leaving this in here because this is this is what we wanted the podcast to be to start with. It's two dickheads that just actually love cinema. Like we just mm-hmm. we enjoy the shit out of movies, and these are our actual honest opinions and takes. This is like we're not sponsored yet. We haven't been paid yet. Um but it's, <laughs> but it's it legitimately is just Two friends talking about movies, um, and this is yeah. this is just us. This is what we like to. This is our it. tenth episode, right? Tenth episode, we're in double digits. Bye bye. We didn't even talk about. Holy shit!
1: Congrats, to us. I'm about to pop the champagne. I don't have champagne. I'm about to pop a Capri Sun. <laughs> I'm a pop a Pepsi. <laughs>
0: You lying motherfucker! I see you drink coke. coke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a branding issue. I was going for Pepsi sponsorships, <laughs> and I think uh, I think I'll do it. Where will we find you, CJ?
1: On most socials, is Bunny Defender. That's B U N N I E Defender. Uh, the only thing I'm not on is like Google Plus. Is that still a thing? If not, let's bring it back. Let's all make Google Plus accounts.
0: Is that a thing? What's a Google Plus?
1: Uh, Google Plus was like Google's answer to Facebook. Oh, uh, where can we find you, Heresy?
0: Uh, I don't even bother. I'm just fucking. I don't care anymore. <laughs> if you if you have to come and find me, all my shit is in the in the, <laughs> the descriptions.
1: You motherfucker! You make me <laughs> sign off. You make me t- where I'm linking. Like I don't care. I just
0: let it in the description. You. That's a wrap.